So this rope right here, um, I want you to think about this rope as time eternal. Okay? This rope just goes on. I know it ends after the stage, but imagine it goes on forever. Okay? And many of us need to understand a picture of our life as being this piece of tape, right? And all of your actions, whether you know it or not, are going to affect all of this in this short period of time. Every action you take will have a regret or reward for an action you take in this small period of time. This rope is a timeline of your existence. And understand that your existence does not stop when this tape stops. But you and I are eternal. The question is whether or not the decisions we make inside of this tape determine where the rest of our eternity is going to be. The actions that you take within this tape determine your eternity and determine everyone else's eternity. We talked about heaven last week and this week we are talking about hell. And yes, it is a sober topic and a heavy topic. But I think it's an important one because here's the deal. The people in your life the friends that you go to school with believe that they are only living for this piece of tape. And if you believe that you're only living for this little time in between this piece of tape, guess what? You're going to make decisions that are only thinking about things happening with inside this tape. And you're not thinking about this. And they're not thinking about this. And this is part of the reason why As you follow Jesus for long enough, you're going to start making decisions inside of this tape that they're going to look at and say, that's stupid. Why would you choose to do that? Why would you choose to just give all of your money away? Why would you choose to uproot your family and move to Bulgaria in the middle of a village and live in a third world country? That's stupid. Because to them, this is important. But to you and to me, this should be important. More so than this. Because guess what? This becomes important if we see the importance of all of this rope that continues. But it depends on how you see this piece of tape. Because if you sit in here and are still thinking as the people around you will think, well, if I just save enough money, get the right job, go to the right college, get the right car, like I want to just get to those things because that's what I'm living my life for. And if you live your life for those things, you're going to make decisions that are only looking at this. You're not going to make a decision based on this. And you'll get lost 
And ultimately, what we're going to look at tonight is if you are living for this piece of tape, your eternity is not going to be good. If you want to, if you want to sell, basically, your eternity for the sake of enjoying as much as you can plunder out of this world from this piece of tape, go for it. But as we're going to look at tonight, not only is this going to let you down, but an eternity is waiting for you that I don't really want to describe to you. This piece of tape is the crazy deception that we all live in. That this is the only life. We're all just living for this little piece of tape. And every single one of us in here, including myself, believe that lie. We believe that deception. That I have to get to this thing. I have to gain this thing. I have to have this thing. I'm going to save to get to this place. Whatever that there is on this piece of tape, all of us have it. All of us are desiring it. It's the American dream, right? We want to grow up like our parents, and I want to make a lot of money, and I want to have a nice house, and I want to have a spouse, and I want to have kids, and I'm going to drive a nice car. There's nothing wrong with those things, but here's the deal. Are you living for this? Are you making decisions based on eternity? Our challenge is pretty easy to see. We need to take heaven and hell seriously. We need to glorify God by prioritizing eternity. We need to show the world by the way we live that heaven and hell are real. Belief in the afterlife is not a preference. You don't get to choose to believe in it or not. It's true. It's a reality. This point will only make sense to unbelievers around us when we as Christians begin to live as though these two things are actually reality. Live with the reality of eternity before you. That's a quote from Doug Sweeney, a theologian. I want you to talk around your tables for a segment. I want you to talk about two questions. One, what have you been told about hell? And two, from what you have been told or what you've heard from the world, describe it as what's actually true, do you think? What's actually true about the hell that you've heard and you've heard described to you? Okay, so I want Revelation 22, 12, starting in verse 12 says, behold, I'm coming soon bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they might have the right to the tree of life, that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. See it on the last page of the Bible. God is going to bring about heaven and earth together. He is going to make it new. 
And what does the scripture say right here in Revelation 22? That outside the city, cast out from the city, is hell. Is these people, what does he call them? Dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, anyone who loves and practices falsehood. Heaven and earth are brought together and hell is cast out for the good of God's people. For those that refuse to be healed by the great physician, God will honor their decision. But what he will not do is allow hell to continue to ruin his good world. So let me show you that again. If you want to choose to not be healed by the great physician, to put your trust and faith in Jesus, God will honor that decision in time. And you will be cast into hell. But if you put your faith and trust in Jesus for your salvation, heaven and earth is coming and things are being made new. And guess what? The best news of it all, hell will be pushed out, which means brokenness, injustice, sin, everything evil in this world will be gone. Here are some of the realities of hell that I I want you guys to see, and then we'll close. The first one is hell is a separation from all goodness of from all the goodness of God to only experience his judgment and wrath. I'll say that again. Hell is a separation from all the goodness of God to only experience his judgment and wrath. Here's something I want you to understand. God is not absent from hell. I think this is something we get confused sometimes. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. But here's the deal. For those that have been cast out into hell, only his character of judgment and wrath will be there for him, them. Matthew 10, 28, that we just, um, actually, we didn't read this earlier. I'll read this now. Matthew 10, 28 says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear, fear him who can destroy both body and soul and hell. The seriousness of this verse is this. It comes back here. Do you fear what can happen to you here? Or do you fear the one that can take this? Do not fear the one who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both. And then Revelation 14, 9 through 11 says, To another angel a third followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in its image and receives a mark on his forehead or his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. And they have no rest 
Day and night, these worshipers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name. Hell is a eternal place. That's the second reality is that hell is eternal. The judgment day that is coming is a judgment on you and the people that you know. That will be an eternal judgment. And I said this last week, but I want to continue to say it, that it gets into our minds. Guys, tomorrow is not promised to us. The judgment day could be tomorrow. And again, I think one of the biggest deceptions that we live under is that, oh, we have time. Well, I'm not quite ready to tell my friend about Jesus yet. Like, it's kind of awkward, uncomfortable. Okay. What if Jesus comes back tomorrow? What now? And here's the deal. Guys, we don't know. And this reality, and we're going to continue to read a couple more of the realities of hell, should drive us to tell people about Jesus. The third reality of hell is that hell is association with the punishment of Satan. Matthew 25, 31 through 41 says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Depart from me, you curse. The eternal fire has been prepared for the devil and his angels, and that's where you're going. Hell is an association with the punishment first given to Satan. There's a reason scripture talks about Satan as your father. If you go to 1 John, are you, um, Jesus is quoted saying this multiple times in, in the Gospels, but calling the devil people's father. And this is why there's an association here that if you are not God's, you're Satan's. Because you're in association with him. You're going to the place that he's going to. You care about the things he cares about, which is what? Rebellion, hostility, living for these things, selfishness, sin, injustice, brokenness. Galatians 6, 6 through 9 also says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things the one, with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will, will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Guys, again... What you choose to sow and reap in this life will bring 
destruction or it will bring eternal life. And at the last day, the harvest is going to come and God is going to split us as judge. And then the last reality is this. Hell is a state of punishment. A state of punishment. That means an eternal state of punishment. And I'm not talking about punishment where when you were younger, your parents like punished you by not giving you TV for a day or sitting you in the corner or you maybe got spankings. Listen to Deuteronomy 32 talk about this. For a fire is kindled by my anger and it burns to the depths of Sheol, devours the earth in its increase and sets on fire the foundations of the mountains and I will heap disaster upon them. I will spin my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger and devoured by plague and poisonous pestilence. I will send the teeth of beasts against them with the venom of things that crawl in the dust. Vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip for the day of their calamity is at hand and their doom comes swiftly. And then Isaiah 66 says, for behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger and fury and his rebuke in flames of fire for by fire will the Lord enter into judgment. And by his sword with all flesh, and those slain by the Lord shall be many. Guys, this is a reality. These aren't, as we used the word earlier, fairy tale stories. Jesus is coming back, and this is the person coming back. And then last, Revelation 20, 11 through 15 says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the book. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I think the best way to describe this reality is to think about God's wrath without mercy or restraint. God has chosen at points in time in our history to show his wrath on earth. But those moments where he has chosen to show wrath or he's chosen to give consequence were with mercy and with restraint. This is wrath without mercy and without restraint. Now, how do we live in this reality? 
Well, here's the first thing I want you to hear. For those of you sitting in this room who are followers of Jesus, who have put your faith and trust in Jesus, guess what? You've been saved from this. And you did nothing to earn it. In fact, you rebelled against the option. This was supposed to be your eternity. Scripture says the wages of sin is death. But Christ has saved you from this. And he has given us an option to put our faith and trust in him. That is how loved you and I are. That is how incredibly, incredibly gracious the Lord God is. That you have an option. Because guess what, guys? We shouldn't have an option. All of us sitting in this room deserve to go to this place. In the divine judgment of God. But it's not our only choice. The second reality that I want you to think about is this. There are people around you who this is their reality. And I don't mean for that to... um, scare you into necessarily anxiety about what to do about that. But here's what I want that to do for you is to give you a sense of urgency. And this is true for me as much as it's true for you guys. I live in this deception as well, that it's so easy to get caught up with life. It's so easy to go to school, do your homework, go to your extracurricular thing, start over, do the same thing the next day, go to work, Do something on the weekend. And before we know it, we're not living life with urgency. We're living life as what? Believing that we have this full piece of tape and I'm going to live it up to the fullest. But guess what? We don't know when the end of this tape is coming for us. I love... um, There's a really good word picture story from Jonathan Edwards about this. He says, if any of you that are um, in a family saw one of your siblings or your parents in your house that was all set on fire all the way over their head and in imminent danger of being soon consumed by the flames... That seemed very insensible of its danger, right? So this is someone in your family. They are engulfed by flames. They don't know that they're on fire. And you neglect to call out to them. Or if you do, it's kind of like a, hey, I just want to let you know you're on fire. There's not, a, there's not an urgency to literally go... You're on fire! 
we approach the situation with indifference. Like, hey, just, you got that handled? Cool. Don't want to make this weird. Just going to be over here. Guys, this is the reality. That every single person around us, if we don't see them as someone who is in desperate need of the gospel, that are literally on fire and there's a chance that the fire is going to consume them, and it doesn't bother us, these are the things we need to be praying about. It probably means for me and for you that the realities of heaven and hell and the reality of this eternal life is not gripping us. We're not understanding it because we're not making decisions based on eternity. We're making decisions based on what I want to do today, how I feel, how I want you to make me feel, and how I don't want you to inconvenience me. And the list goes on for the indifference that we feel. By God's grace, those of us who are trusting Christ have been rescued from this horrible destiny. How can we love people and refuse to speak plainly to them about the realities of hell and heaven? Do you see? I I get really upset when I look at myself with this reality. Because, guys, I can say that I love my friends. But if I really love them and they don't know Jesus... And I've never brought it up and I've never talked to them. Do I really love them? If I believe that this is true, do I really love my friends who don't know Jesus? Because I've never talked about Jesus to them. I've never talked to them about where are you going? Do you know where you're going? Do you know that that could happen at any point in time? Please, 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 please put your faith in Jesus. I don't carry that weight. Clear, clearer visions of hell will give us a greater love for both God and for people. While tonight is sobering and is hard and is a topic that is uncomfortable to talk about, what I hope it does for me and for you is that it gives us a greater love for God, guys. One is that God has loved you and I and has taken us out of this place. That we get to go to the place that we talked about last week that is so unbelievably amazing that you can't even like fathom what you're going to get. That's how much God has loved you in Jesus. And that the reality of hell also causes us to love people. Because if I really want to love people sacrificially as Christ has called me to, the best thing I can do is what? Tell them about Jesus. And I know that's hard. 
I know that's uncomfortable. But guess what? Jesus promises that he will be with us to the end of the age. I want to plead with you to not make your life about the tape. Don't make your life about this tape. Make decisions based on everything else after. Don't make your decisions based on the tape. This earth is cheap and it is fading. Follow Christ and give up this world for what the reward is that you gain in eternity. It's worth it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have saved us that know Jesus. That we don't deserve it. We did nothing to deserve it. And yet, through Jesus, in Jesus, we have eternal life in heaven. We have eternal life with you and the goodness of who you are. Father, I pray that the reality of heaven and hell would sink even deeper into our hearts. That we would think about it often. That we would think about the place that we are going and the place that other people are going And it would give us a sense of urgency in this life that we get to live once. And Father, I pray that tonight we wouldn't just know these concepts in our mind, but Lord, that they would grab our hearts and that you would change us. We ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. If anyone wants to stay and help, I do need this middle table and chairs put up. Thank you.